it's them saying to you, well, I can't imagine myself ever doing that. So I don't think it's possible. So again, don't don't let somebody else's beliefs about reality become yours. Have have the courage to ask questions and have the courage to try and walk down that path and see for yourself. Hello and welcome to another episode of Help Me Buy Property Podcast. Today is one of my favorite podcasts. This is about mindset and excelling into life. This is a story of a person who dropped out of uni and turned himself into an international keynote speaker and a multimillionaire. We are talking about my favorite entrepreneur, my mentor, my coach, my friend, a brother, and a communication master, a superstar, my dear teacher, Mr. Vin Jiang. Vin is an international keynote speaker. He's also an entrepreneur, a magician, communication expert, he continues the stereotype of the successful people that you don't need university degrees to find your passion. An accounting dropout, a founder of Encyclopedia of Magic, CEO of the Numinary Productions, and an entrepreneur that has been able to combine the two of his biggest passions of life, teaching and magic. Stay tuned till the very end when Vin shares how he changes his life from an entrepreneur to an investor. Thank you for listening to us today. Take care. Hello, listeners, and welcome to another episode of Help Me Buy Property Podcast. Today is one of my favorite podcasts. I think this is a story of how our mindset can help you excel in life. The person that we have in our podcast is my favorite mentor, a coach, a friend, a brother, a master of communication, a superstar. Uh, my dear friend, Mr. Vin. Vin, how are you today? Good. I, I love that you immediately already said this is going to be your favorite podcast. That is, you got to lower that bar, boss. <laughs> that is that is a lot of expectation first thing in the morning. <laughs> Look, definitely. Uh, I think from my perspective, I know a bit of your past. You know, we have connected, we have talked so much about, you know, who you were, who you are. And so, I can see the value that the listeners would get out of this. And so, Thank you. you know, that story is just super, super compelling. It's, yeah, it's, um, it's, it's amazing. And so what I want to do is I want to kick off the podcast with yeah. one of your dads saying, and um, let's take you back into the memory lane. And okay. I was, you know, going through my notes, you know, when I caught up with you and there was something that really, really resonated with me. And so it goes like this, son, in this life of yours, remember to do what you love. Jump as high as you can in your life. As long as I am there alive, I will always be your net. Oh. Amazing. Amazing, amazing, amazing. This is just heart-touching, right? And so this is a good segue. You know, talk to us about who Vin was, not who Vin is, you know. Talk to us a bit about, you know, you talking about breaking out of the cocoon and your old days. Look, I mean, it depends how far you want to go back, Moss. If, if I go as far as I can remember, when I was really young, as you know, about four or five, I was full of life and had a lot of zest as a kid. My, my dad has, I have like the original Vin Jang vlog from 1990. My dad had a camera with a VHS tape. Wow. He filmed me when I was a kid and I still have that video. And it's crazy because I don't remember that period of my life. I only remember it as a false memory because of that video. 
because that zest that I had, that fun nature, that outgoing kid, that kid disappeared very quickly the moment school started. Because, yeah, the, the, the thing is, I, I, I grew up in Australia. I was born here. However, my first language that I learned was Ijiu, which is a, a dialect in Chinese. Yeah. And then I learned Vietnamese. And then I went to school knowing zero English. It is. So, I can so then to I, that. You, you, okay, you can. So then when, when I went to school, you know, I got teased and I didn't understand they were even teasing me. I didn't even know what was happening. And then as a result, I just kind of, all, all of that, I, I think that that beauty that I had as a kid and all of that zest and energy just kind of evaporated. Yeah. Yeah. So growing up, Moss, it was, it was just, I, I was super anxious. I was super socially awkward. I, I was always pushed into that mold of basically being a loser. <laughs> yeah. No one wanted to hang out with me. A lot of my childhood was just spent And school does alone. that to you. School definitely does that to you, right? I think um, it creates nerds out of you. And that's what I always feel. Uh, people yeah. who are not alpha males in their life, you know, they naturally, you know, uh, defer back to being a nerd or, you know, going into their own comfort zone. So, you know, I can totally understand and relate to some of those things. And, you know, I, I, I just spent a lot of my younger years just being really lost because I didn't fit into the school system. I, I'm very entrepreneurial at heart because my mom and dad are very entrepreneurial and my dad and his brothers are. And, and what that meant for me, Moss, was that all of my friends who were academic, they had the school system and teachers to guide them on yeah. how to navigate that path. But because I didn't fit into that system, I literally didn't have anyone guide me. Yeah. The, yeah. the, the, the teachers would just make me feel like I'm really stupid. And yeah. My friends would make me feel like I'm really stupid. And yeah. all through primary school and high school, I just felt stupid. I just felt like, oh, okay, well, I guess I'm just not capable. I guess uh, I'm, I'm doomed. And, and, and really, it was just because everyone else had guidance. I, I, I didn't. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, you have lived your stereotype, isn't it? Like if you think about a lot of successful people in life and they talk about we don't want to, you know, give into the school system, right? And school teaches you nothing. You know, you talk about Bill Gates, you talk about Gary Vee, you know, everyone talks about, you know, yeah. drop out of uni, drop out of school. And so you have lived that life, right? And so talk to a bit, bit about that as to how did that transition happen from, you know, you studying accounting to dropping out, you know, being a magic master to international keynote speaker. Like what is that transition? And I know you shared a story when we first met about you being an entrepreneur at school, you know, you were doing a lot of eBay stuff. So, you know, how does yeah. that story transitions into, you know, all of these things that you've achieved in life? Well, I, I guess connecting it from what we just said, right, I didn't have any guidance from the school. So I gradually realized that I needed to find guidance outside of school. And I, I, I used to look at mom and dad as just mom and dad. I didn't really think they could be my teachers. They could be my yeah. mentors. But I quickly realized that, oh, wow, actually, I, I, I can't learn very much at school, but I can learn a lot from what my mom and dad are doing. Yeah. So I watched my mom and dad, uh, you know, my dad and his, his brothers, they started South Australia's first Asian grocery, one of the first wow. Asian groceries. Wow. So I watched them, I watched them uh, buy low and then sell high. And I went, oh, that's, that's really cool. That I works. like buying stuff for cheap and then selling for higher. So then I started my own journey. I jumped onto eBay and I would bought, buy things for really cheap. You know, I bought MP3 plays at the time. I know you know this story. Yes. I, I, would, 
I'd buy these MP3 players and then I'd sell them to my friends for the, the double the price. Yeah. And, and then after that, I realized that, hang on, these people on eBay, they're kind of upselling me because they're the middlemen. So why don't I go straight to the source? Yeah. So then I went straight to the source and I, I, I discovered that these people on eBay were buying from a, a place in, in China called uh, the Canton Fair. So the yeah. Canton Fair is a massive fair that happens every year where you can buy electronics and you can buy them in mm. bulk. So I flew to, flew to China when I was 19 years old and I would buy these things at wholesale and then I'd sell them. I realized that I, I couldn't rely on the school system to guide me and to inspire me. So I looked for inspiration outside of school. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, so I, and I found that in my parents. Why accounting? Accounting? Well, that was because of family pressures. That was because of cultural pressures. Sure. You know, I, I remember this. I, I wrote down when, I, when we go to university after we finish year 12, I wrote down teacher first. And then I wrote down accountant, then lawyer, then pharmacist. Yeah. I really wanted to be a teacher. That's what I really wanted to be. Yeah. Because my dad in Vietnam was a teacher. And then mm-hmm. what I realized was uh, everyone in society, everyone in my culture, if I wrote down accountant, lawyer, and pharmacist, they would respect that more and they would praise me more if I wrote that. So I scrubbed out teacher and I put down accounting because I wanted, I wanted the approval from others more than yeah. I wanted to live my own life, right? So, yeah. so I, I didn't have the courage to live my own life. I wanted to please others. And it's so true. Like That's I can I resonate with a lot of this stuff. Um, when I was at uni, I still remember, you know, one of my mentors at uni, I told them that I want to do a PhD and become a teacher. And they're like, no, you want to be an really? entrepreneur. Like, why do you want to be a teacher? I was so like focused on becoming a teacher at that time that I was ready to do my PhD. And they're like, no, wow. you'd be wasting your time. And so I think I'm the only accountant pretty much in the whole accounting industry that hates accounting <laughs> fashion. And so I think the property or the investment gets me to be a mentor and the coach on the property side of stuff. And so I still get my teaching out, that passion out. And so I can totally understand as to where, you, you know, you are sitting. But like, you know, okay, so you go into accounting to get the validation, but then you drop off and, you know, go into becoming a magician. Like, yeah, complete U-turn. Yeah. Well, I think, I think I, at the time when I was 18, I didn't have the courage. Uh, I didn't have a strong identity at that point. And I was more focused on pleasing others. And that's why I picked accounting because I wanted to please mom and dad. I wanted to please my ex-girlfriend at the time, her, her parents. I wanted to make my friends think I was cool because I was in commerce and law. Yeah. And during university, I was suffering a lot because you know, you know that feeling when you know you're not meant to be there, but you're there. You rock up every day and you're like, I, I know I'm in the wrong place. I know I'm doing the wrong thing. I, I just know it. So after four and a half years, and the d- degree was five years, after four and a half years of almost completing it, to me, that was four and a half years of me building up the courage to be my own person, wow. to, to walk my own path. And it took four and a half years of walking somebody else's path for me to build that courage to then go, you know what? I'm not going to do this. Yeah. Because I knew, Moss, that if I completed that degree, that I was going to use it as a safety net. Yeah, and, and if I completed that degree, I know the temptation of a good life would be so strong that I would no longer dare to walk the path less walked. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's, yeah. that's amazing because uh, I always say this, that fear is the biggest motivator in your life, right? The more you come into fear and, you know, almost like, you know, look eye to eye and basically go in, 
is what basically motivates you. I think, you know, you have one of your sayings where you say your adversity is the best competitive advantage in your life, right? So yeah. I think that's what it, it speaks to you. You know, it, it's basically that that you're referring to. And so what was the trigger point? What made you like go to your parents and say, no, nah, I'm not going to do this anymore? I think I remember it was a story in a book that I read and I think it was 48 Laws of Power where it says there was a chapter and it told a story about ancient warriors who they would they would arrive to the shore with their ships and what they would do is they'd burn their ships and wow. they'd, they'd, they'd basically indicate show the enemy that we're not going home we're conquering yeah. or we're gonna die here and i remember reading wow. that and it just it was <laughs> super inspiring i went wow that's so cool and i knew myself that if i again metaphorically if i arrived on that island and i kept my ship I know I'd probably very quickly get back on that ship and go home <laughs> because, because of how, how much fear controls me. Like you said, Moss, you know, a lot of the time, times we, we, we just succumb to the fear, right? So I would have got back on that boat and finished the degree and then had a really cushy and comfy career in accounting. So I, so I knew I needed to, to, in a sense, burn the ship. And again, I'm not saying that that's advice for everybody. It was just the right decision for me because I know what I do. I always move towards what's comfortable. So so I, I burned the ships. I said to my mom and dad, I said, look, I'm, I'm going to quit. And I, I, I have to because yeah. the last four and a half years have been the most miserable four and a half years of my life. Wow. And, and it's either going to be just four and a half years of misery or it could be my whole life. Yeah. And, and I remember talking to my parents. I, I said to them, look, you, you didn't risk your life. You, you didn't travel across the ocean on a boat. For, for for me to be 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 miserable, did you? You know, and 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 you know, you, you, when I do the story in the keynote, it seemed like it happened in one conversation, Moss. But it was <laughs> it was eight months of communicating back and forth and crying and why don't yeah. you understand? And you know, it took eight months for them to truly understand and support me sure. to become a magician. It was a blank no from their perspective. It's like, you know, what? and so you're going to be a magician. That's a hobby. What are you going to do with your career? What, what are you going that's to do right. with your life? That's right. They freaked out. They freaked out because, and, and it wasn't their fault. It wasn't that they didn't want to support me. It was because you've got to understand to, to, a, to, a, to a Vietnamese parent who's in their 50s and 60s, what I just told them is outrageous. Yeah. You know, and, and, and to them, they, they reacted from a place of fear. Hmm. Mm, freak them out definitely. because to them yeah. counting is secure magician you're basically a clown yeah. like that's what yeah. they think yeah yeah and i think my i i'll resonate some of the things that i remember my dad used to say to me when i first moved into the property space he always mm. thinks that property is temporary money so he's like oh but you know you can't live your life on you know running a business or getting commissions you know you need to really? get a paycheck every month you know how are you not going to get the paycheck and live like you know, he could not comprehend that because my parents are not entrepreneur. Like they have lived their life as a service, you know, class. So from his yeah. perspective, that ambiguity, that vagueness was a killer from his perspective. Well, how does, there is, there is no guarantee that income would be there tomorrow. What if there is nothing? What if the whole world oh. stops selling and buying property, for example? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I've realized as well, Moss, is that it doesn't matter what you do. Yes. There are no guarantees anyway. 100%. 100%. Definitely. No, and, and it's, such a, it's such a fallacy. It's such a false belief. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've seen friends who are, who are pharmacists lose their jobs during 
the COVID period where, where everyone was thinking pharmacy is the safest thing to get into. And, and people, yeah, it's just, I, I've seen people in, in, in many lines of, of professions yeah. lose their jobs. They, they, it's not real. That 100% yes. guarantee doesn't exist. So magician would have been wonderful. It was great, I presume. <laughs> and then yeah. keynote speaking, like how did that yeah. transition happen? Well, I, I fell out of love with magic. Uh, I, and it's interesting because when you ask me these questions, it really made me reflect on, I, I allow myself to transform and evolve and close a chapter of my life and start a new chapter. I really do. So, so to me with magic, Moss, I just, I fell out of love with it. I did it for about 10 years and I kind of went, you know what? That's kind of, that's, I'm ready to close this chapter and start a new chapter. Amazing. And what I've learned is that I just don't, I don't really, I don't really fall for the sunk cost fallacy, you know? And, and I think a lot of the times the sunk cost fallacy is just again, oh, I've already invested 10 years of my life into this. I should invest the rest of my life into this. Yeah. And, and there's, there's a quote that I wrote down on my journal and I, I, I just got, I've got it here and I want to read it to you. And it's, it's from Confucius and Confucius says, every man has two lives and the second starts when he realizes he has just one. Wow. I, I never really understood that quote. For, for the longest time in my life, I went, what the hell does that even mean? <laughs> but I've, I've, I finally understand it and I've understood it in my life in that, again, every man has two lives and the second starts when he has just one, meaning that we really only have one life. And when we realize we have one life, we give ourselves permission to write new chapters, to live different lives. Because when you truly understand that, you, and as far as I'm concerned, and as far as my intelligence allows me, we only get to ride this ride once. And if you only get to ride this ride once, don't fall into that trap of thinking, well, I've already done this for 20 years. I should spend yeah. the rest of my life doing the same thing. Definitely. Definitely. Let, let that second life start, third life start. You know, and I, I think I, I want to experience as much as I can in this life and allow myself to write as many different chapters as I can. Yes. And, and that's kind of why I, I went, hey, this keynote speaking thing looks super fun. You know, I can combine magic with teaching and I could perform on stage and, and be all over the world. And, and I was like, yeah, I would love to write a chapter on this. 100%. And I, I presume that, you know, it wasn't always green. You know, I always say this, that, you know, no, I'll build the castles with the stones people throw at me. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. That's, that's, that's morbid. <laughs> so, you know, what stones were there in your life? You know, the biggest failures, the lessons, the unsuccessful ventures, you know, talk to us a bit about, you know, the adversity. Look, I, I think, and when you ask me this question, it, it it's easy to go to the monetary failures. There's been a lot of financial failures in my life. And I thought, you know what, we'll, we'll go a different path because I tend to go down this path quite often. I think one of the biggest failures when I look at it from an almost philosophical and life point of view is I allowed for a, long, a big part of my life, I allowed other people's beliefs about what's possible for me dictate my life. And then only as I, I grow a little older and hopefully a little less wrong as I get older, I, I realized that for a big chunk of my 20s, I remember people in my community, uh, again, ex-partners and their parents, and, and no fault of their own. Again, just it came from a place of fear. I understand. I have empathy for that. They, they would say to me, well, you can't build an online business. You, 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 you can't be a magician. You, 
You can't be, what the hell is a keynote speaker? You can't do that. I think that, 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 that career path doesn't exist. And as a result of them saying these things, these were beliefs that they had. Yeah. I looked at it as reality. So, oh, okay. Oh, I guess it's okay. Yep. You're right. I guess it's not possible. And then I didn't even try. Wow. I didn't even try. And, and they, they stopped me from even trying. And, and I didn't dare to ask the question. And this is kind of, this is true in the Asian culture. We, we get taught from a very young age not to question our elders, not to question authority. So when someone, yep. with a, someone from a position of authority says, no, you can't do that. Don't go there. You just go, yep, okay, I won't. Yeah. Whereas the lesson there was, and it's not to be disrespectful, but it's to be curious and ask questions. So when I started to ask questions, I saw through the illusion and I remember yep. one of my, my ex-partners, her, her, her dad was saying, you can't become a magician. It's not possible. You can't make good money on that. And I just asked him, uh, how do you know you can't? <laughs> and then the whole house of cards fell. Yeah. And, and he was just like, well, well, you just can't. I'm like, yeah, yeah. But, but like, how, like, genuinely, how, how do you know you can't? How do you know? And I just watched him struggle to be able. He never tried. I go, have you ever tried? Yeah. Do you know any successful magicians? <laughs> the answer, just the whole house of cards fell. Definitely, yes. So, so to me, the takeaway is when someone says to you, something can't be done, that's their own beliefs about them thinking that they can't do that very thing you want to do. Yeah. It's, it's them saying to you, well, I can't imagine myself ever doing that. So I don't think it's possible. So again, don't, don't let somebody else's rea- beliefs about reality become yours. Ha- have, have the courage to ask questions and have the courage to try and walk down that path and see for yourself. Yeah. And uh, talk, to a bit, talk to us a bit about, you know, your journey in relation to the keynote speaking. I know, you know, you, you know, tried and tried. You've shared one story where, you know, you flew from Australia, I think all the way to New York, I think from memory. Um, how did that, you know, the persistence that brings and, you know, comes out as a person who was trying to prove other wrong and going down this path of, you know, I know this is right and, you know, I'm going to prove to the world that, you know, this is the right path for me. It was, it was actually Los Angeles, right? Los and Angeles, yes. Uh, again, the, the, more, the more ridiculous the dream the more persistent and resilient you're going to have to be on the journey. <laughs> Definitely. And, and, Definitely. and a, career, a career in keynote speaking to me is one of the most outrageous dreams ever. And, and I love these kind of dreams and, and, and I, I give myself permission to dream. Yeah. So I, I remember to, to build my career in the US, I, at the start of my career, I used to tell my clients uh, in the US and I didn't even have clients. I just had people who are kind of interested in me. I used to tell them, oh yeah, yeah, I live in, I live in Southern California, so if you want to book me, just let me know. It's okay. I live in Southern California. And, and then I had a client ask me, they go, hey, Vin, we've got like a, uh, a $5,000 budget. Uh, yeah, you said you live in Southern California. Can you, can you speak at an event? Last minute, a speaker dropped out. Can you speak this Friday? And it was a Monday. And I was in Adelaide. <laughs> so I said to them, oh, yeah, 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 I can. Yeah, of course. Yeah, just, you know, just the drive. No worries. I'll, I'll see you Friday. <laughs> so I just literally booked a ticket, flew all the way over there and did the talk, you know, and, and it was, it was hard because at the time, a lot of the companies in America, they, they didn't want to book speakers outside of the US because, you know, they didn't want to pay all this travel, et cetera. Gosh. 
So I, I just remember flying back and forth to America on economy and 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 doing so ten times a year. Just it was brutal building that career. And sometimes clients didn't even pay because I yeah. I said I'd do it for free. And that was me yeah. getting the reps in and building a presence in the U.S. and definitely, and yeah, it was it was it was rough as guts. And how was the journey from Adelaide to U.S. and back to Adelaide, and what brought you back? Well, you know, after doing all of that in 2016, I I I'm very grateful and, and thankful that I was I was able to build a really flourishing career in the U.S. So I moved to the U.S. in 2017 and stayed in the U.S. for four years. You know, and we somehow managed to build this incredible, incredibly fulfilling career as a speaker. And, and in the end, Moss, I decided to come home because it was a quote my dad said to me too. And, and my dad's someone who's very inspiring to me. And he, he, he recognized that while I was building my career in the US and while I was achieving a, a lot of progress and success, I'd become really unhappy. And he said to me, he, he said this, this wonderful little line where he said, a king that knows the limits to his desires will rule a lifetime. And, and I'd become so greedy. I'd, I'd become so greedy. I'd become so hungry for more. I'd become infatuated with more that I'd lost track of what enough was. Yeah. And no matter what level of my career I started hitting, Moss, I just wanted more. I wanted more. I wanted more. And I ended up being away from my family for 200 days a year. Wow. And I was doing... 90 to 100 events a year and become depressed. And, and that quote that my dad shared with me, I'd become that king that you'd see sometimes in a, in a, in a, in a war movie where they become so drunk on conquering that they expand too quickly. And in the end, yeah. their dynasty gets crushed and destroyed. And it, it's okay to be greedy and selfish at the start, right? Because that's the, that's, the fuel, that's the driver, because if you don't have that, of course, then it's not going to take you where you want to get to. But, you know, knowing the limits, where to stop and where to find that balance and, you know, bringing yourself back, I think that's the key thing, you know, finding your balance in life as to, okay, what's important, what's not important anymore. It's quite the key. And I think people drive in that direction without knowing, without thinking, you know, um, ultimately what they say is, you know, there are things in life that you achieve, but it's always achieved at a at a peril of losing something on the way, along the way, you, you know, you have to drop, you know, you look at the, the, the rocket going up and, you know, as it goes up, it drops off everything, you know? So yeah, it just, it's a good metaphor. You know, yeah. So it's just a matter of, you know, how much, how far do you want to go? Right. Well, you know, thank you for calling that out because you're right. You're right in that there are chapters of your life where you do need to be selfish and it's okay to be selfish and it's okay to, to want more and, and, and thank you for calling that out because that's one of the major differences between the mindset in the US and Australia. You know, when being, being growing up in Australia, I, I always felt bad wanting more. I always felt bad that I want to be more successful, that I want to make lots of money, that I want to, 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 to have these things and this material thing and that material thing. I always felt bad. Whereas when I went to the US, they encouraged it and they said, no, it's fine. You can have yeah. lots of impact in the world and make lots of money at the same time. And, yeah. and I kind of went, oh, wow, I never knew that was okay. I thought that if you make lots of money, you're a bad person. Yes. You know? so, so, so thank you for calling that out because for a period of my life, it was okay. It was, it was okay for me to do that. It was okay for me to want those things. And it, it was just that I did that for four years and I didn't recalibrate. 
No, I, I didn't take the time to go, okay, is this still what I wanted? Should I just stay on this train? Yeah. And it was actually time for me to move on to the next journey in life. And again, the next chapter, right? And, and that's why I came home. I came home because I went, you know what? I think I know what enough is now. I, I think I know. And I think it's time to shift a little bit and write the next chapter. So I came home. Yes. And, and that's why everyone is so like, what the hell? Why did you come back home to Adelaide of all places? <laughs> yes, what happened? And, well, it's, you know, my son, my son, his name is Xander. And, and at the time we moved back because he was about to start school. And, and I thought, you know what? I've had my fun chapter. I've had my incredible kind of epic chapter that I, that I got to play. This next chapter yeah. is about focusing on, on the family, focusing on my wife now and, and, and my son. And for my wife, coming back to Adelaide was she was going to be around her friends and her family. And for me to be around my friends, my family, I'm like, okay, that was a fun rock star kind of chapter. Let's go yeah. into the, you know, the dad life chapter. You know, I'll, I'll get a van and I'll, I'll yes. yeah, be cool in a van. <laughs> And look, uh, ultimately, um, you say this, and I'm going to quote you here, you know, you're a direct reflection of the five people you spend time with. And so if you think about yourself, who are you the direct reflection of, or who are the three most influential people in your life? I, I would presume, of course, your parents or your dad had a big, yeah. you know, influence on your life. Who else? Who, who does Vin looks up to? Of course. So you've already mentioned it. So mum, dad, my uncles, etc. And, and just to quickly call out too, the, the direct reflection uh, quote is, is not, I didn't originate that, obviously. There's many others that, <laughs> many others that have said that before. I, I just borrow, we're standing on the shoulders of giants here. Yes. I, I don't say this enough. And the, the person that definitely I, I look up to and I go to for advice and guidance all the time is actually my wife. And I go to her for a lot of guidance because my life is very chaotic. Uh, I'm someone who's driven by passion. I'm, I'm driven by adventure and, and I love doing things. And, and she's that constant in my life that she's my anchor. Yeah. So a lot of the times I go to her and I'm like, hey, I, I'm doing A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Uh, you know me best. And, and she truly does. She, she knows me very well. And I go, well, what? <laughs> because through all the excitement and the emotion, I'm like, which one would Vin actually want to do here? <laughs> and she goes, oh, 100% this, 100%. I'm like, ah, oh, okay, yeah, 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 you're right, yeah. And it, it's just, so she is someone that anchors She's the calm me. within the chaos. She's, absolutely. She's the, she, 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 and I think I give her credit for this. I said that when you've come into my life, that's when I became exponentially successful because you were able to, you were able to, to bottle the, the lightning, Right. Yes. Whereas before, I was just, I was just chaos. I was just all chaos yeah. and all over the place. Whereas, what yes. you've been able to do is you've been able to help me channel that chaos and create focus. Definitely, Definitely. she does that for me. So yes. credit due. And then it's funny because uh, on a recent podcast, I realized that people go, "Hey, so Vin, how were you able to do all of this? Who was supporting you financially?" My wife. <laughs> my wife paid off my credit cards more times than I can tell you, and she was literally my sugar mama. And what she said, and I love this, and I, I, want, I want to say this more these days. And she goes, you know, like people getting into Bitcoin early. I just got into Vcoin really early, right? <laughs> so, so she invested in Vcoin. And I'm telling you right now, she is, uh, she is benefiting from, from the return on that investment right now. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Vcoin. And, yeah. and this, is, this is amazing. I think um, 
you know, the impacts that people around you make in your life, you know, people don't yeah. tend to, you know, talk and reflect on some of these things, you know, naturally, you know, what I say is your foundational success is your doing, but your exponential yeah. success is the people who you bound with and, you know, basically, you know, hang around with. And so, you know, the, the misses, the wife, the business part, the life partner plays a big role um, in where you yeah. come through, you know, in any part of your life, you know, whatever you're doing. So, yeah. It's one of the most important choices we make in life is who we marry. And, and I don't think we, we give enough sometimes credit or time and attention to that. And, and I'll, I'll answer very quickly as well. I believe in having two groups of mentors. One, I, I call this, this group the, the mentors that are a hundred steps in front of you, a thousand steps in front of you. I, I have mentors like that for inspiration and that's Elon Musk. You know, yeah. That's, that's people who, who people kind of say, oh, who's inspired you? Oh, Elon Musk. And, and, and you say these, you know, Oprah Winfrey or the, the, these key yeah. people. However, I also have a second bucket of people who inspire me. And, and these are people who are one to two steps in front of me. Yeah. And I tend to keep a lot of people who are one to two steps in front of me in my top five. So for example, yeah. there's a thought leader. Her name is Sade. And you can find her on, on Instagram. She's very, very popular online. And she, she has an incredible following. She's built an incredible business online. And I love what she's done. So depending on what chapter of life I'm in currently, I will look for mentors who are one to two steps ahead of me and I bring them into my top five. So I've got a little mastermind with Sade that we, we jump on once a month. And not only Sade, but another thought leader in Asia named Simone Heng. And we all come together. And we share ideas on what's currently working and we cross-pollinate our, our online audiences and we look for joint ventures to do. Amazing. And, and the reason I separate the two groups of mentors is because I can't buy Twitter. I, <laughs> I, I can't create, I, I can't get us to Mars, right? So if I try to look for pragmatic advice from Elon Musk, I, I'm not going to be able to do anything with that information. Whereas Sade sharing with me, her creating this new offering that's going to be something that helps her build a mailing list, that's something I can apply next week on Tuesday. Yes, Yes. So, so have yes. mentors that inspire you for the fuel source, to, to feel yeah. inspired and for motivation, but then have mentors that you bring into your top five who are going to be able to share pragmatic advice that you can apply next week at 9.30 a.m. on Tuesday. Definitely. So it's more tangible than- More tangible, yeah. Don't, yes. And don't, don't find people who are too far ahead of you because sometimes it does the opposite. Sometimes it actually demoralizes you and you go, oh, I'm never going to be able to help human beings become a multi-planetary species. Yeah. You know, it, so, so, and, and, and again, really spe specifically, Moss, I, I find people for my top five, it changes depending on the chapter of life that I'm living. Definitely. So, so right Definitely. now I'm purely focused on building a, a large online presence, building purely an online business. So all the people in my top five now, outside of my wife and my parents, are people in the online space who build online businesses and build, build online revenue streams. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. And- Segue to this. Um, okay. Who does want, Vin wants to be as a person or remembered, you know? Um, yes. Is it the magic? Is it the showmanship? Is it something, is it a teacher or is it something completely different? You know, who does Vin wants to be remembered as? Just before we dive into that one, I just want to say that I, I also, moving forward, want to get more into property. So I want you in my top five. So just, <laughs> just saying, just put, just putting it out there, brother. <laughs> just, Putting it out there into the ether. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Yeah. All right. Well, well look, what, what I want to be remembered for, I, I think it's simple. I want to be remembered as 
the teacher that helped his students be able to share their gifts and talents with the world. That's it. I mean, I teach communication skills and that's the chapter I'm in right now. And what I want to be remembered for is just that. I want to be remembered as the person that helped that helped you be able to share your gifts and talents with the world. Definitely. You know, because so, so many people have so many wonderful gifts and talents trapped within them. And because of their inability to communicate their value to the world, all of that value, all of the gifts, all, all of the talents, it goes unnoticed. Definitely. And does the transaction, does the transitional stories of people, you know, changing their life because of using their instrument better, I'm yeah. talking your tone, does yeah, that thank you. inspire <laughs> you coming back? <laughs> well, well, it has. And, and, and Moss, I, I, the, the, one of the reasons why I was so excited to talk to you is because like you came to my class, you flew all the way from Melbourne to Adelaide to join me for, for a couple of days at my, my workshop. And, and, and that's what I want to be doing with my life. Moss. I, I, yeah. I look, like I said, I loved being on stage. I loved being in front of thousands of people and getting all the applause. I loved that period of my life. That was fun. Yeah. That was super fun. But now I, I more than anything enjoy being in an intimate theater with a class of 50 to 60 students. And then deep diving into building this skill set. Yeah. You know, I, I, I love that more than anything because that fulfills me now. Definitely. Whereas for a period of my life, that applause fulfilled me. But now it's more that meaning, that connection, that deep connection you and I built while we were together at the workshop. Definitely. Yes. Yeah. And as a quick shout out, look, you know, for people who are listening to this show, it's an amazing, amazing course. You know, Vin, do you want to spend maybe two minutes, you know, talking about that course? Look, I got so much out of that. I think... Uh, my mind shifted. I think I got my voice back. I'm doing two keynotes. I'm coming on a property show on TV oh. in say four weeks time. And so, yeah, it was, it was, it was, um, it was a life changer, you know, let's put it that way. So please. Thank you. you know. Well, look, I mean, if, if you're in a position in life where you, you really feel like you're not able to create deeper connections with others. You feel like you're not able to communicate the value that you have inside. You, you know, we all have someone, right? I was funny. I was talking to one of my, my good friends and he's like, oh man, I hate Brad. I'm like, what the hell? Who's Brad? He goes, Brad's, he, he's at my workplace and he always gets the bloody promotion. I always miss out and Brad always gets the promotion. Brad always gets the girls. Brad, and, I, and, he, and he says to me, and Brad's bloody stupid. Brad's not even that smart. I'm smarter than Brad. I can do better work than Brad. And, and I'm like, oh, we all have a Brad in our lives, don't we? Yes. But if, but if, you, yes. But if you feel like you're in that position where you're, you're not able to speak up, you're not able to communicate your value, et cetera, and, and that's what I teach people how to do. I teach people how to build deeper connections with others. I teach Definitely. people how to use their voice, use their body language, storytell, you know, actively yeah. listen. And, and I, I really give people an opportunity to break out of their comfort zones. And, and what I call it in the course, and you know this, is how do you break out of your mold? Yes. How do you, because we all have a mold that whether you've created the mold for yourself or your, your, your surroundings and society has put you into this box and said, oh, oh, Vin's this, this is who Vin is and that's a, who he'll always be. Yeah. And, and I, I try to create a workshop environment where I push you to break out of that box, to break out of that mold. Yeah. And, and, and the quote I often say is, don't be so attached to who you are in the present that you don't give the future version of yourself a chance. So, so when you, you, you come, when you come to this two day experience, it's, it's, it's more than just communication skills. It's, it's you discovering who you can become. Yes. 
Yes, and I couldn't agree more. Look, I think one of my earlier frustrations in life was not that I am not succeeding. It's seeing people who are succeeding who I know are not better than me, right? And so (laughs) I think that's where the biggest frustration is, right? I know. I talk to a lot of clients and they're like, I earn bit more than this person. You know, I'm much, 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 much smarter than this person. But, you know, I'm so much further away from this person. And so- Yeah, it's Brad. It's Brad. Dad, you, Brad. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's true it's it's true Very that frustration true. was true for me too i remember one of my mentors telling me and he, he said he said vin there's someone who is less credible than you less capable than you making more money than you doing exactly what you want to do and there's so many of them yes and they're all named brad right <laughs> so i think the the important thing here to realize is that don't, don't just blame Brad and hate on Brad because the moment you blame Brad and you hate on Brad, you're just giving away all of your power. Take responsibility for your own life. Take responsibility for your own success. Definitely. And work on your ability. Either work on your technical skills or work on your communication skills. And, and I always say this to, to everyone, that all of my students, that if you become undeniable with your technical skill, and then if you become undeniable with your communication skills, what that means is you're then able to negotiate whatever reality you want to live. I mean, we're like right now this week, Moss, I'm, I'm getting up at 12 a.m. teaching one of my clients in the U.S. That's a Fortune 500 company from my garage <laughs> in my house from Adelaide in the northern suburbs, which others would consider as the ghetto, right? And I'm teaching a Fortune 500 company communication skills. If that's not reality is negotiable, I don't know what is. 100%. And I'm only able to do that because, again, I just commit to becoming undeniable with my technical skill and then undeniable with my communication skills. Definitely. Definitely. And take responsibility, yeah. right? And that's where the rapport building, you know, and bringing all of this together, you know, it's amazing, you know, how people perceive you. You know, you could be 100% on the technical skills, but if you can't project yeah. yourself as that, then you would always yeah. be, you know, in, in my corporate days, I still remember. You know, my, my boss used to say, you know, where is your executive presence, you know? And I used to always think that, oh, what is this bloody executive yeah, presence that this? people talk about? <laughs> and then, you know, you slowly and gradually realize that it's it's how you are perceived. And so, you know, your body language, your voice, your tone, you know, That's all right. of that basically comes into that executive presence. And so, yeah, no, yeah. 100%. Uh, the final question of the podcast, and this is more in relation to you being an entrepreneur and you basically scaling back your life now. And so how have you become a better person in transferring your cash flow from the entrepreneurship into, say, the retirement or the generational wealth that you want to pass to your kids, um, to your generations coming through, or even the community, right? You know, what is happening in that space? You know, I'm always keen and eager to understand as to how people are using that power of business to make a better, better person or better life out of other people or for themselves for the future generation? Well, uh, I, I don't know if I'm doing it well or not. I, I, I genuinely don't know. I, I'm good at teaching communication skills. I wouldn't say that I'm very good at investing. <laughs> <laughs> but, but what I can give you a sense of what I do is, I mean, I, I reinvest a lot of money into my business uh, because that's what creates the highest ROI for me. Yes. And... I've I've re- recently become very interested in reinvesting a lot into creating multiple online streams of income. So I, 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 my online course is easily what generates me the most revenue in 
all of my businesses combined now, wow. which is Amazing. kind of crazy. And how long did it take? So, when? From uh, where it was I've where? I've wanted an online business since 2011. We're now 2023, so I would say you know all of that time. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. So. So then I, I've realized that. So I'm reinvesting a lot into the infrastructure. I'm building more online courses. I've, I, I'm looking at, you know, licensing paths of revenue now and, and all these different types. So, so I reinvest a lot into the business. And when I don't reinvest into business, I, I put most of my money into ETFs and property. Wow. Amazing. So ETFs, property, and a little bit of cryptocurrency. <laughs> and I don't know how to feel about that right now. And, and I want to put more of it into property. And that's why I really want to open the conversation with you yeah, moving forward and, and, put another call in your diary yes I, th- I think it's it's interesting as entrepreneurs and as a business owner myself right i think you know you would always get your best roi with your business you know especially if you're doing your business well right and so and i i've i've shifted my mentality in thinking that you know online business is almost like a passive income now as well to a certain extent because you know if you're not doing you know live courses if there is a lot of recording and you know self learning in that space yeah you know, naturally that business is going to be the bread and butter and it's going to take over the whole bit because the world is the 6 billion people out there or 7 billion people out there. That is your, basically your market, right? And even if you cut out that niche by, you know, 0.5%, you know, that's, that's, mm. that's the biggest pie, you know, that you would always aim for. So, yeah. It, it was a piece of wisdom from Naval, uh, the book, uh, The Almanac of Naval Ravikant. And he had this one passage where he wrote, the new employees of the future are computer servers sitting in a factory that are willing to work for you 24-7 at maximum efficiency and productivity. And I remember when, when I read that, there was just this like mind explosion moment that happened. I went, wow, so the new workforce of the future is a computer that's sitting in a factory and there's millions of them there and they could be working for me 24-7. Yeah, And then that's when my brain kind of lit on fire and I went, okay, I need to take everything that I do, productize it and put yep. it online. Definitely. And yep. I, and again, Moss, just to give complete transparency, I've recreated my online course four times from scratch. Wow. Wow. Right. And the fourth time from scratch only then did it start to take off and take fire. And now it's to the point where like, this morning I just woke up and I got this really beautiful email from someone from South Africa who've just who just binged my online course and 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 loved it and wrote me this amazing. beautiful email. It's so an amazing course. We live in a world now where you can have global impact again from Adelaide. Uh, it, is, it is an amazing course and it shows a lot of passion. It shows a lot of hard work. It shows the truest nature of you providing a lot of value to people. And so it's not just oh, an you. online course where you know people are just, you know, absorbing. I think it's very engaging. You know, that's how I felt. Um it's one of those at which keeps your attention in check all the time it's not one of those where you know you put it on and then you go get a coffee and you know take a toilet <laughs> break and then come back and the course is still going it's not one of those so yeah no i Thank can you, definitely Moss. be an advocate to that um i can relate to some of that journey as well i think um we have just started um australian property academy uh, and i'm going hey. through the journey and so i can totally understand and relate as to okay how much of that would be what people would resonate and you know um yeah it's 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 just a different world out there so yeah have you have you created it yet no going through going through um and so i've i have a course designer so i have all the content i have a book coming out in three months so wow. fingers crossed, um 
And so I think that's the essence of everything that I know, or that's the essence. The first volume is the essence of everything that I know. And then there is a second volume coming through. And, and so a lot of the course is basically going into a lot more detail than, you know, the book just skims through. So, yeah. And so I have a course designer that I'm working with because I'm terrible at, you know, conveying the message as to how people would resonate and connect with. And so it does not come naturally to me, Vin, just like it comes to you now. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but it's, it's congratulations it's, yes it's an interesting that's amazing yeah any parting words for today Vin yes I'll I'll leave you all with a quote that I love and I've I've recently fallen in love again with this quote and it's a quote from coach John Wooden he's a basketball coach he's unfortunately passed away but he's amazing and he has this quote where he says if you focus on the things you can't control you'll soon lose control of the things you can control amazing so my friends you know, I know a lot of people in the world right now do feel overwhelmed and, and have a lot of anxiety and whatnot. And I think just come back to that quote when you feel anxious and just remember, what can you control? Just focus on that and let go of everything you can't control. Definitely. You can control improving yourself technically. You can control improving your communication skills. Just focus on those two areas and leave the rest. Beautiful, beautiful segue. Thank you for finding time, Vin, today. This was an amazing chat. I'm sure we will have more of it. Um, yeah. Any questions, comments, or, you know, people who wants to reach out to Vin, you know, um, I think it's at AskWin, which is um, your call out at Instagram. Thank you. Have a great day. Keep smiling. Keep investing. This is Moss and Vin checking out. Adios. Adios. <laughs>